None of the content on this or any episode of the Kratom Science Podcast, Kratom Science Journal Club, or on any page of KratomScience.com is intended, nor should it be considered medical claims or medical advice. This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com, your source for all things Kratom. My guest is Wendy Price from Arkansas. She was the wife and friend of Marshall Price. They have three sons together. If you listen to episode 34 and the update before that for some background, Marshall Price was the man who was sentenced to 10 years in prison for carrying Kratom. He was killed in prison three weeks after he was sentenced under suspicious circumstances. The family has no idea why, and Wendy's here to talk about it. But first, I have an announcement to make. This Saturday, January 21st, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Green County Jail in Paragold, Arkansas. That's 1809 North Rocking Chair Road, Paragold, Arkansas, 72450. The family of Marshall Price is holding a peaceful demonstration. They will have free food. They want as many people to show up as possible. Quote, Marshall Price's death is a safety concern to our community. Let us band together, rally for justice. Let us get to know one another. Let us show glory to God Almighty. Let us show the community just how much we care. Unquote. And that was from the Facebook group. His daughter, Julian Jones, posted that. Marshall Price's daughter. And the Facebook group is Justice for Marshall Price, and there's a link to that group in the description. And there's a link to the uh, Google Maps for the Greene County Jail in the description. So please show up there if you can, if you're close by, and if you uh, live in the community especially. Here's my conversation with Wendy Price. Just start off by telling everybody who you are to Marshall Price. I'm Wendy Price, and... Technically, I'm Marshall's wife, but we've been separated since 2015, but he's still my best friend. He always has been. And when he went to rehab at Michigan is when we separated and we stayed. Actually, he said it was a better marriage than when we were together. (laughs) Um, Our friendship is. So his three youngest children are by me and Brennan, Braden, and Braxton. And... We're still married. It's been 22 some years and we really never talked about getting divorced because, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like we come this far, you know, even if we're not together that for our kids and everything, we've just stayed family. We've stayed close and we tell each other all our problems. He also has two older daughters. Yeah. Yeah. My stepdaughters, Julian Price and Mallory, well, it's Julian Jones now and Mm. Mallory Hobbs. Yeah, and I've seen them on some of the uh, Facebook pages and stuff. Tell us a little bit about Marshall. Uh, you you said you've known him over 20 years now. You've been together. Yeah, I met him in 1998. Mm-hmm. And from the moment I seen him, I knew that was the man I was going to marry and have my kids with. And that's what happened. That's who I married and had all my kids with. Mm-hmm. And he he was, I don't know, he was a great person. He was everything that I wanted in somebody. And then as, you know, life presented its problems along the way of like losing his dad and just the everyday struggles that got him down. And he did end up 
you know, on heroin after he, after a while, I didn't know about it. And then when he told me, I just told him I would be there for him no matter what, you know, what he needed. And when he decided to go to Michigan and go to the rehab and get help, it kind of was a surprise to me, but he was, you know, he was already gone in his head that he didn't, I don't think he even knew what was going on. He didn't know reality, I think, anymore from anything else. And then as he got up there, when, you know, he started calling me saying, there's this medical thing, you know, it's Kratom, but it's legal here. It's all the health stores. And he said, like, everybody in Michigan swore by it. And I'd never heard of it. And, but to him, it was just this wonder drug. I mean, it was all natural. It made him feel alive again. And even my kids seen the changes. Me and my youngest was talking about that the other day of how we'd much rather seen him on Kratom than heroin because he got his life back. He got a job. He was, I mean, he had his pride back. He had a life. He had a house. I mean, he had his confidence back, everything. He didn't have that on heroin. I mean, like he, it was two different people night and day. And so there's no comparison to me of what, what that did for him. And I'm glad, you know, at his wake, I told his sister, I said, I'm glad he got all that back before he passed. I'm glad that he had that, you know, even if it was a short while, he got to feel all that again. Yeah. Because he was very prideful when I met him, you know what I mean? Like he had a good job mm -hmm. and everything was going good for him. And it just kind of dwindled from there with everything that just hit him in life. And when you lose somebody, you know, you never know where life's going to take you. And we all have different shoes and how each of us handle it is just different. And you said he lost his dad. Uh, what was, what was the circumstances of that? Well, his dad was um, diabetic and going through dialysis. Yeah. And we buried his dad on our second anniversary. Oh, uh, okay. And, so that was, you know, he was about, I guess, the age of Julian when he lost his dad. He never bounced back from that, truly, I don't think. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who were former uh, heroin and opioid addicts, and uh, and it kind of starts with trauma with a lot of, a lot of yes. people. Is that kind of, that's, I guess that's kind of what happened with him. That's, it was a way of dealing with the trauma. Yeah, because his dad, it just went down so quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, it was I mean, he seemed fine when I met him. And then our second anniversary, we're burying him. He was only 58. And I wow. thought that was young. And then look at my kids and I think your dad was only 46. I mean, it just it blows my mind because I always thought, you know, his dad died early. His grandpa died early. This would probably happen to Marshall someday when we was together. But I always thought like 10 more years down the road, at least, you know. Yeah. And I never wanted that to happen. And then 46, it, I just I just can't even can't even grasp it. He went to uh, rehab in Michigan, and, and what year was that? Uh, 2015. Okay. I think he might have left at the end of 2014, but about the beginning of 2015. And that went a long ways, because I was like, why did you? Because he just kind of, he kind of left, and he said, I had to go as far away as I could. That way I knew I couldn't come back. Like, mm. you know, just when I wanted to go home, just go home. He's like, I knew it was someplace that I had to get away from all friends and family. And I had to do it. And it was his own choice. Nobody made him do it. He picked the rehab. He researched them all. And he has met so many people through that place. Like, there's people from every state that contacts me still that just, what an inspiration he was to them, they said. Like, he was always there to listen and talk and give them words of encouragement. And he, that's what he wanted to do was help people get through heroin. And he battled that. He battled it hard, but. I know with Kratom, he he felt 
like a person again. He felt like he didn't have that battle with that. And he didn't look at Kratom as anything illegal. I mean, he, I never even knew it was illegal. I didn't know that till he got charged with it. And I was like, what are you talking wow. about? You bought it at a gas station. I had no idea. Cause down here, you don't hear a lot about it. I it mean, was, I've got people still that's like, what is Kratom? I'm, yeah. I'm having to explain it to them. And a lot of people here don't know what that is, but here, if they tell you it's bad, I mean, Arkansas wants to, you know, outlaw everything. That's, yeah. That's, that's how they make their money. That's their only source of revenue is, you know, that's, <laughs> That's what they do to people. Like if they think they can, you know, make money off it that way, that's what they're going to do. And yeah. most states want to help people, you know, with things like that. Because if you've ever done any drugs, you know the difference between kratom and heroin. Like I told the officers the other day, there ain't there ain't no comparison. Mm-hmm. There ain't just ain't. <laughs> There's no comparison between heroin and kratom. And they said, oh, it's worse than heroin. I said, well, you can ask my kids that, and they'll tell you a different story. <laughs> Nah. They've seen it first. They've lived it. They didn't just read about it. They've lived it. They've seen what, you know, how it helped their dad. Yeah, I can't believe they would say it's worse than heroin. But I, I think I've heard a sheriff in Mississippi say that before. But there was one study showing that the one alkaloid was 13 times stronger than morphine. But that's if it's isolated. And there's not much of that alkaloid in Kratom. That's 7-hydroxymetragene. So you can't say Kratom is stronger than heroin. That's just not true. I know. That's why I was like, there ain't no way because he'd be way worse than when he, he was on that. I mean, it just, it was like, it don't even make sense what you're saying to me right now. And, but they just, if they hear something and they go with it and that's what they're trying to make everybody believe. And I'm like, well, I think you're wrong. And I think it'll be legal in all the states pretty soon. I mean. I don't see why it wouldn't. Why wouldn't you want to help somebody that way? Help somebody beat addiction any way you can. Like if your kids see a difference in their dad's back in their life and, you know, I mean, he never was gone except for when he's at Michigan and the two youngest went and lived with him for a year and we let them make their choices, who they want to live with, you know, where they want to go. Cause we believe in, we don't fight over the kids. We always, it, we're still a family, even though we live in different homes. I mean, I'd go down and stay with him at Paragold, you know, when my son was down there, like mm. we just all hang out at, and that's how you should raise kids. It shouldn't be a battle. And they shouldn't have to watch somebody suffer if there's something like Kratom that can help them. And it looks like, I just looked it up, and it looks like 2015 is the year Arkansas banned it. So that's the same year he went to Michigan. Yeah, and I'd never heard of it. I kept saying, I was like, what? It's what? And he kept telling me about it and telling me about it. And, I mean, he was so impressed with it. I mean, he said, you wouldn't believe how many people up here it's helped with heroin. And see, down here, you don't see a lot of heroin. I guess it's not a big thing in Arkansas. I mean, I'm sure it is in some places, but not like, I guess maybe Michigan. He said there are so many cases or maybe that rehab brought people that had that problem more than so than here. Cause mm-hmm. we probably don't offer that big a help, you know, for something like that in Arkansas, I'd say probably not. They probably, they're, they doesn't seem like they're about helping people that way. I mean, huh. if they can outlaw it, they're going to try to outlaw it. So he got extradited back to Arkansas because of uh, a court date that he couldn't show up for well what he told me at that time was he was paying or michigan was withholding his child support like arkansas had told him to do well i guess there was some miscommunication or no communication yeah and michigan hadn't turned it into arkansas that the child support was being paid and so it went on his contempt of court that he wasn't paying child support and they expedited and i can't believe they expedited him that far i mean for that and so he came down here and he said, and he, but I'm paying it. And then finally, when his mom and them got him out, they realized Michigan turned it in that he had been paying that whole time. 
but he just kind of let it go under the rug and that nothing ever happened about it. I mean, he got credit for it, but he lost, you know, he lost a lot of things in the meantime. We had to like start back over again and that wasn't easy. I was looking at the court case and I was looking at his background and, and there was nothing, you know, crazy that would, would be like a prior to sentence somebody to 10 years in prison. He had that child support payment and he was caught with uh, non-prescription Suboxone, which is something somebody would get to try to get better, not to get yeah. high, you know? And it just really seems like, a, I mean, I was mad about it before before all this happened. Yeah, that's what my son was telling me. Yeah. But see, me and Marshall, we were the Cub Scout leaders here in Mammoth, mm. Mammoth Spring, Arkansas. And, you know, I was the Cub Master and he was the one under me. And, you know, the Boy Scouts of America approved him through background checks and everything to help me run it. And we ran it for three years and took on three schools but you're only supposed to take on one, but our area is so small, nobody would do it. We just kept gaining schools. And we had went from like five kids to 75 in three years. And I mean, he devoted his time to that with me. I mean, we tried to make a difference in the community and things like that. People, I mean, they don't even look at like he was a good person. He had the heart to want to do that. He had three boys. He seen what a benefit that would be to them to have that in their life. Yeah. And he had a lot of the boys because he did the we below's part of it. And I did the younger elementary boys. and. He, I mean, he loved it. You know, he loved it. It yeah. was a special time for him to get to spend with his sons, too. And somebody taking Kratom could be involved like that. Uh, I mean, if they, they've even, even done studies in, I think, Malaysia showing that uh, people who were uh, heroin addicts and they were into sharing needles and they uh, HIV risk behaviors and all kinds of stuff like that once they started taking kratom they started being you know better members of the community and stuff like that uh yeah. so it's just something about kratom versus uh you know some of the other drugs that doesn't uh cause you to to act crazy it makes you normal yeah yeah he would say, i mean he was normal yeah yeah the most normal we'd seen him in a while is when he's on that and yeah. he thought it was everything he told everybody anybody he could tell you know about it about how good it was, the wonders it did. He's seen it save people's lives in Michigan. Mm -hmm. I mean, he tried to tell people about it here in Arkansas. And I didn't know it was illegal, like I said. I didn't know you could get that many years for it. And since that's happened to him, I've had friends, multiple friends come to me saying, my brother just got 20 years for Kratom in Arkansas. And then this one girl, she said her daughter's boyfriend just got six years. And she said he was wow. choosing it as a workout. And his friend got six years. And I was like, wow. what? And I'm and like, it's crazy. I, I didn't know that many people knew about it. And there's all these people like, yeah, it's they're really taking them down in Arkansas for it. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, I especially mean, just for possessing it. You think you get like three strikes or something at least. Wow. Yeah. Well, one guy never had done drugs. He just broke like some bone in his body and he was on the hydros. And when he got off of them that he went to Kratom. Somebody told him about it and he went and got it. And got 20 years over it. And that was just recently. And then wow. my friend, her daughter's boyfriend, when he did, he was just using it as a workout powder. He'd never, I mean, he was early 20s, had never even done anything, you know, like, and he was, they were, they were blown away by it. And when she seen my post, she messaged me and a lot of people have been reaching out to me since then. Wow. I can't believe that. That is, that is just nuts. Can you talk about what happened the day that he got stopped? by the police do you know a lot about that i just know that he he went over to the the gas station that's you know on the border down by paragold 
And that's where he always went, you know, to get the Kratom. And he said he was coming back from there. And he told me that he got caught with it. And I was like, and? Because I didn't know it was illegal. I'm like, and what does that mean? I like kind of laughed it off. And he said, no, they followed me. And he said, you would have thought that as many cops as got behind me and pulled me over, he said, you would have thought that I was smuggling in drugs from like Mexico or something. And I'm like, why? And he said, well, I guess it's illegal in Arkansas. And I'm like, how? I mean, I just, I, it just blew my mind and they got him. I mean, got him with it. He, he'd been caught with it before. As far as I knew, I mean, as understood him that he'd had it before and they didn't act like it was nothing. And I never second guessed it. And then when he was going to court over it, kept telling me, you know, even that day that they put him in the jail, he told me, he said, pray for me. They're trying to give me 20 years. And I said, there ain't no way that's going to go. Wow. I had no idea. I had no idea that would be the last time I talked to him on the phone, you know? Wow. And I still was like, there ain't no way there Marshall. There ain't no way. And yeah, that was our last conversation is, and he really, he said, I feel good about it. I feel good about it because, you know, it is on a federal level legal. And he said, so I don't know how they can give me that much. He's like, and everything else that goes with it. He said, I think I'll be fine. And I said, well, we'll pray for you, but hopefully everything turns out good. And then I didn't hear back from him. I said, be sure you let us know. And me and Braxton was waiting and we didn't hear from him. And then the next day, you know, my middle son calls me and says that he went to prison for 10 years and I had to break that to my youngest before school and, you know, tell him, hey, dad's going to prison for 10 years. And wow. then I had to call my oldest because he lives at Mount Home an hour from here, which is two hours, two and a half hours from Paragold. And I had to tell him the news. And then in three weeks, I have to do that all over again. But by saying he died to the same two. And that's hard to bite it down that you're telling them they're going to prison for 10 years. But it'd be OK, kids, you know. Kratom's going to try to get him, you know, they're trying to get this legal to where this could all go away. And, you know, we'll do video chats. He can get out early, good time in Arkansas. You don't do that long. Prisons are overcrowded, mm-hmm. you know. And then no more than I said that. I'm turning around. It's final, you know. But what blows my mind is they called my middle boy at 2 a.m., him and Julie. And he calls me and tells me. And I'm like, Braden, are you sure? And he said, yeah. So what happened? He said, I don't know, Mom. We're headed to the Pergil Jail. They told me he overdosed on morphine. Why would you call my kid and tell him that his dad overdosed on morphine when there wasn't no morphine in the jail? That's what they told I just, him? Yeah. And I said, I said oh, what, Braden? Wow. He's in jail. And he said, uh, I don't know, Mom. I'm headed there right now, and I'll find out. And that's originally the call that my son got was that he'd overdosed on morphine. And I I just handed him the phone to my mom. I, I mean, I, I couldn't even make sense that it was real or it was happening. I didn't. I couldn't even talk to my son. I could. I had to go outside and breathe, and I was trying to take it in, making sure I wasn't dreaming. And I was like, there ain't, there ain't no way. I mean, what he's saying, I couldn't make sense of it. And come to find out that wasn't the truth. I think the sheriff told the media, too, that he fell and hit his head or something like that. Did, did they yeah, tell you then that? That's what when Brady came up that morning. That's what he said. He said, well, they said that at first they said he fell and tripped his head or he fell out of his bunk. And we're like, well, that don't make sense either. Then they said he fell and tripped and hit his head on the bunk. And I'm like which is it? And then I got the letter from my friend because she was a friend of mine and Marshall's in Paragold. And it was her brother, the first inmate that wrote the letter to his sister saying, sister, you got to help us find this guy and his family. Well, she's like, they used to be my best friends. I used to babysit her son when Braden was little. And he didn't know that she knew us like that. And she said, I know exactly who they are. And she messaged me and said, here's this letter, Wendy. 
when my brother just sent me and I sent it to everybody I knew immediately. And I just, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I still can't believe the things that I'm seeing that they're doing down there at that jail. I just. I've heard that there's about two or three other people killed in there and they never, they never figured out what happened to them. Yeah. 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 There's been, I, there's been a few and for, it's not that big of a town, you know, mm. and that just seems like a high number for, I can understand if it was a big city or something, you know, but it's not that big. And that's just for a couple to die. I mean, I don't really know of any dying in our County jail, which uh, it's possible, but I mean, not anybody in the past couple of years or anything or in a high, like a few of them anyway, that yeah. just, it seems odd to me. His injuries sounded pretty extensive for what they were saying. Uh, there's no way he just hit his head, right? Didn't he have uh, like yeah. broken ribs? And Yeah, when I told my, I mean, I was still in shock about it. When I was telling my youngest son that morning, I said he had a busted spleen. He had the fractured skull, wow. bleeding on the brain, swollen face, broken ribs. And he said, well, mom, something's wrong. Then if they broke his spleen, that's what protects you from everything in there. And I'm like, I'm still just in a whole other world. And I'm like, huh? And, you know, he's pointing out things to me, my 16-year-old. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was just in a daze about it. And he's like, and then everybody I told was like, well, as soon as you say busted spleen, you know that he didn't just fall. And I was like, well, clearly. I mean, it, I don't, just don't know how they can even say that when you can look at somebody's children and know that whether Marshall ever did heroin or not, he was still a person that, loved his kids and his kids loved him and he had a close relationship with them, a close relationship with them. And with all his family, with even my family, I mean, he was up here all the time. That was the last place I seen him was up here at my house. And yeah, it just it took everybody by surprise. You might not be able to answer some of these questions. Cause I, I understand there's going to be maybe a lawsuit or something, but uh, what do you think happened and what do you think the maybe the reason uh, why this happened to him? I can't come up with a reason to, to uh, we've been trying to make heads or tails of it. I mean, his sister Sheena, she's tried to come up with every possible scenario. And, you know, my kids, my kids just want to know, like they, they don't have any closure. We had his wake, but they just got his ashes the other day yeah. and they're, they're living it every day, every day that, I mean, and the only thing, if it would have been an inmate, they would have already pointed the fingers at an inmate and it would have been all over the place. Somebody taking the blame. Yeah. And if it had been an inmate, I don't think officers would have been outside the last, you know, protest, the peaceful protest at their jail with his children there like a week after he dies at that jail. And then them taunting them when the news station is there from the local town and, you know, yelling and honking their horn when they go to be interviewed by the TV station. I just... Even if they were guilty or not guilty, I don't know how somebody could stand there and do that, looking at somebody else's children. I mean, especially if you were innocent. Why? I mean, why would you do that? Yeah. And the things that they're still saying, um, I just, uh, I I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> uh, some of the things I've heard they've said or some of the things I've seen they've said lately, let's put it that way. Uh would, would it says it, a lot. It says would, a lot. <laughs> what would have they said uh, lately? Um, well, about our, well, they 
I don't guess they know we know it, but we do about our protest coming up. Um, yeah, they've they've threatened to to be there with guns and take up the whole parking lot, and they made a statement that if once a deaf person is put in handcuffs, they lose their freedom to speech. Uh. Now that's more that's past Marshall. That's past anything. That's uh, that's that's total hate right there. I mean that's hate crime all the way around. I mean. You're saying if a deaf person is in handcuffs, they can't speak no more. They can't sign. They can't. So they're making just jokes. You know, his life is a joke to them. Yeah. If they were sincere and didn't do this, why would it be a joke? Why wouldn't you be offering the family support at the protest? We're not against them. We're not trying to, you know, we just want answers. We just want somebody just to take it serious for a minute down there. And, and you know, there's five children waiting to know what happened to their dad. Yeah. Every day in their head, they're trying to think. And then when we get that autopsy report back, they're going to relive it all over again when they see the pictures of, you know. And I've tried to tell my kids, you don't want to see the pictures of the body. And, my, you know, my mom's like, you're not letting them see it. Well, I don't have control. My youngest is 16 and the others are over 18. And they're like, we're seeing it, mom. And I'm like, I can't stop you. And I, I have to see them, too. I need to know. I mean, Marshall would want me to know. And I told the kids, I said, I will look at it and verify it for you. But. I don't know if y'all should, and but I know my boys will. I don't know. Julie said she wanted to see them, but not of the face. But yeah, my boys said they they want to see it. They 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 need to see the pictures, and yeah. I I can't blame them for that. They didn't get to see the body. They didn't get to tell him bye. They just yeah. had to turn around and know that hey, he was being cremated. We've got nothing here at the wake. We don't have ashes or nothing. We've got a picture of him. That was their goodbye. Wow. So that was the state police that told you that because i know they were doing the investigation state police was doing the investigation yes and come to find out though that they had an office in the green county jail so now we were told that they've got a different state investigator on it one that's not from the office down there and they're fixing to do the second interviews with all the inmates and they've separated all the inmates that was in the cell with him none of them have been together since that day because they didn't want them conspiring a story together or something and I'm like, I'm not worried about the inmate story. You know, they've called us from day one telling us that they, you know, are behind us and everything and that they would all sign whatever, that they're scared for their own lives in there. Yeah. And so that they said, we've wrote our statement. They're going to interview us again. And they said, maybe this will get somewhere. And then the new sheriff just, I guess he went in acting on the first or whatever for his new term. And so it's a different sheriff. And my stepdaughter thinks that he is a lot better. And I just did. I never liked Paragold when I lived there. I, it just always felt like, you know, untrusting or, you know, I didn't feel safe there. Yeah. I mean, because we went through a couple experiences when I lived there that I was like, we got to get away from this town. And I said, everybody's like, oh, don't you want to move back? And I was like, no, never, never do I want to move back there. No, that was his hometown, but it wasn't mine. But I didn't want to be there. You know, I didn't want to. And did you hear anything from from them about like what the results of their investigation was? Like what? what no, they said uh, it's still ongoing. They've not told us nothing. I mean, just they, nothing, nothing at all. We're just left hanging. We keep asking all the time, and nothing. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's getting frustrating. Everybody's like, you should have some kind of some kind of answer. I mean, yeah. something, some explanation or some something you know at least put 
y'all's minds at ease for a moment. And no, we've not there. The kids are coming up with scenarios all the time. And I know it's just until you have some kind of closure that don't leave your mind. I mean, yeah. like my stepdaughter, she's just racking her brain trying to get justice for him. I mean, she has pushed herself so hard that, uh, and, but I've told him, I know it's good to have something that occupies your mind to get you through this time, you know, keep you busy. And, but she's like, we can't, you know, we can't let this go into the rug. And I said, well, no, I mean, that's nobody should, nobody should have to. I don't care if he was an inmate or not. Their lives, their people. Yeah, really. It just, yeah, it's just too much. Some days, it's like, and I don't think it's really hit any of us yet. I mean, it's hit us and hit us hard. Mm-hmm. But some days, I'll sit down and think, "Oh my gosh, I'm close to a breakdown." And I'm thinking, I think it's even hit us yet. The way I mean, we've broke down, but when they get the results of everything and answers, I mean, I think that's when it's really going to hit. And the last thing I want is for them to be angry. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to feel anger. I want them to, I want them to get answers. And I want them to have peace, you know? And I said, you can't, we can't let anger grow into more anger because then our world will just be anger. We won't ever get nowhere that way. We have to stop it somewhere. We have to fight for and get him justice. And then he won't die in vain and we won't let him die in vain. I mean, he's got, He's got me. I'm a loud mouth. He's got his sister. She's a loud mouth. He's got my kids. I mean, I was like, and they're like, they don't think he, they realize what they're messing with with us. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we can get loud and we don't stop. I mean, yeah, that's uh, one thing, though. He, he's got us fighting on his side. And I believe I've, I just pray that we will get somewhere. And I know that God won't let us down. And he hasn't yet. The things that he's already given us and shown us on this case that, is amazing that we've been shown Ed. I told the kids, I said, right there, that's God. Don't ever give up your faith because he's got us. The right will prevail. See, I, I'm thinking about the, um, the other person that I looked up that, that died there. And there was a story about it in the news. And, um, and then there's just nothing about it. There was like, oh, this police investigation. And, it, but that person didn't seem to have that family support that, that you guys have that, you know, I don't think there was anybody going down there and protesting. So, uh, the next protest is going to be 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. January 21st. Is that right? Yes. At the significant time of when he really had passed. I mean, the, they said it was 2 a.m. That's when he was really brain dead before they ever got him on the ambulance. Mm. And we believe that's what they wanted. That's why they left him in the cell so long. Was So by the time they did get him help he couldn't respond he was not there no more before they called the family thinking well he might could tell them something or might come to or whatever they made sure he was not able to talk not able to know anything yeah man i just i just don't get like what their motivation was for for all this i mean it seems like they're acting guilty i mean i can't say what what happened because you know i guess but well yeah if they weren't guilty i mean I would think that they would be offering some kind of support or something to the kid, you know, like just even peace, you know what I mean? Like not jumping in or why would you make yourself look worse? I mean, if I had a business and I thought my employees was being looked at for something like that, that's, I would not, uh, I would not allow that for them to act that way towards the family. I mean, that's who you're already being looked at doing something wrong. 
why would you go and make yourself look worse? Why would you incriminate yourself? And if mm. the police officers, that's who's supposed to protect us, you know, like they're making their self look worse. They're making themselves look guilty by this. And I mean, right there to me, that says it all. I mean, and anybody I know around here, that's what they've said. They said, well, right there is your answer at that first protest, the way that they acted to y'all. They said, who does that? What human being does that? I mean, they're making a world full of people that's just desensitized and they've gotten away with it so much that that's their attitude is it don't matter. We can treat them however we want. And why would you act that? Well, how could you look at somebody's children that they just died a week ago, whether it was your fault or not in your jail and act that way to them? I couldn't look at anybody's child and do that. That really was, oh man, I was just like sick to my stomach when I heard the the way they were acting. And that's why I didn't go because I wasn't feeling too peaceful. Yeah. And I didn't go. And uh, luckily, my middle boy was at work and couldn't go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't feeling peaceful at about it. And I said, y'all don't want me there because I'm going to bust out. And I said, yeah, I'm going to be in that cell, too. And mm-hmm. I'm human. You know, I'm not feeling peaceful. Go through that. Tell you, look at your kids. And no matter what Marshall ever did wrong or right in his life, I had kids with him. And I look at those kids and you look at your children and have to tell them their dad died no matter what kind of person he was. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. I didn't, I didn't want to tell him. I mean, I, I've, I've, I told my mom, I said, I can't do it. She said, you have to. I said, I can't do it. I can't mm-hmm. look at them boys and tell them their dad died. I can't do it. And luckily my middle boy came up with Julie that morning and we went and told my oldest, I had just told my youngest. And then they got here. We went over to Mountain Home and we all went together. My mom and stepdad and Julie and, my other two and we went and told Brennan you know that his dad had died and that's just something you don't ever want to tell your kids yeah you don't want to see your you them have heartbreak and now you know mama's used to fixing everything that's something I can't fix that's something they each have to deal with and you know I, I can't make that pain go away and I'm I'm used to being able to do that you know they were little I could do that I can't do that with this and I'm I'm trying and and they've been strong. I think some points they've been stronger than me. I was just, everything I've read to them, you know, I just break down. I just think, I mean, when we was at Julie's house after the wake and I was having to read the, just the instructions on the, how to do the cremation. I had to sign the papers and my oldest was like, mom, you ain't even made it into the details about it. You're still reading like the, the instructions. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I just, I mean, I was bawling. I did. Mm. You just don't know until you go through it that how that's going to feel. And I try to be strong for them. And then I break down and, but I told them it's always okay to break down. If you feel it, tell us, break down, cry. It's okay. It's okay to have feelings. You're, you're allowed this. How much Kratom was he actually carrying? Cause they said he had over 200 grams. So that's why it's a trafficking charge. And that's why it was 10 years. He always told me he had a little amount. Yeah. He's, you know, and that's what the girls said. They were like, it wasn't no more than probably a week's worth to dad. And I was like, well, that's probably true. And so I don't know if how it weighs out, if it weighs heavy or not. But to me, that seems like a lot. And which I know down here, they're going to make it seem like a lot, too, yeah. even though it's not. And he said it wasn't nothing. He said it wasn't even probably a week's worth. Yeah. So for him, I know he'd been taking it for a while. Maybe that was a week's worth or not for him, but I just can't imagine it being a whole bunch. And that's what the girl said. They's like, it looked like, you know, a few days worth. So 
I don't think it was very much at all. I mean, but apparently down here, it don't take very much to get in a lot of trouble over it. Yeah. When he showed it to me at Paragould, like um, right as COVID started, I went down there with my youngest and he showed it to me. He said, this, this is what that is I was telling you about. And I said, it looks like green tea. And yeah. I, I never knew it was a tea leaf either. I kept telling everybody up here, describing it. I was like, it looks like a powderized green tea. And then they're like, it is a type of tea, like a green tea. And I was like, maybe that's why it looks like it. <laughs> yeah. And because I, I just didn't know anything about it. And I was that's how it looked to me. And I said, you know, I just, I'm still blown away by it being illegal. And because there ain't no way that you're going to go to Missouri and buy heroin at a gas station like you could Kratom, you know? So they're wanting to make it illegal or whatever. Arkansas has it illegal, but there ain't no chance of that ever being like heroin in my eyes because they wouldn't have ever had it in a gas station. It's like when you go in and you see all these CBD gummies, you know, that everybody's talking about. And that's what I had looked at it as. I'm like, if they're selling it at a gas station, how can, and my mom even said that when he got in trouble, she's like, how could it be illegal in Arkansas, but be legal in Missouri? Like, and you're just right there and can buy it and go back and forth. And I was like, well, I don't know. And how could they get in for trafficking when anybody can go to Missouri and buy it? I mean, what's he going to traffic? I mean, why would he, when everybody could just go buy it themselves? Like that didn't even make sense to me either. It's just, it's been a, it's been a lot to wrap my mind around and yeah, a lot. And that's another thing that the uh, prosecutor barred the defense from telling the jury that it was legal in Missouri because he said, well, yep. they'll think since it's legal there, then it's OK. But, well, that's a good point because it's legal in every state that touches Arkansas. It or and it seems like they they were ready to arrest him since all those police were on him for uh they said his tail lights were out, and I guess they dropped that charge. Is that's their classic down here? Is you've got a tail light out or a license plate light out? That's that's the main things that'll get you pulled over in Arkansas. They use it every day. Mm. Well, you know, well, like me, no seatbelt. You weren't wearing your seatbelt, uh, but I was. And but like my friend's been pulled over. You, your tail light. He goes, I just like made sure all my tail lights work before I came to town. He's like, can I get out and you show me which tail lights not working? And they went back there and they're like, oh, well, it must just been a, a glitch because it's working now. <sighs> I mean, what 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 do you got when the cops that are supposed to protect you and be for you, like your word against theirs? I mean, so what what chance do you stand that you don't stand a chance? I mean, and if something would have been wrong with his car, they wouldn't have just let his sister drive it home. Yeah, they'd be like, no, you need to get it fixed. If it's a danger, you know, somebody might rear end you. Or, you know, if it really is a safety reason, then she couldn't have just drove it home. You know, they'd be like, no, you need to fix that first, and then come back and get the car. Yeah, I saw that they dropped that charge with the the taillight yeah. charge. Yeah, they always do. Yeah, yeah. they'll go with, drop the, at least one like that, and and so that just kind of contradicts everything they just said. I've been talking to John Griggs. He's trying to get the public records. That would show like the cameras because he used to be a police officer and he was a whistleblower. Uh, he investigated oh, okay. corruption and uh, he's trying to get cameras from the stop. And and I think even the defense lawyer, because I was reading the court documents, was making a motion to expunge all this evidence against him because it might have been an illegal traffic stop, quote unquote. Um, because he might not have given consent to search the vehicle. Yeah, I hadn't spoke with him, but yeah. I had heard the interview of his the podcast with him on there okay and that was interesting to me because yeah and that i mean I, I believe that the he probably didn't give consent 
they'll they'll search it anyway. It don't matter. Yeah. Uh, they'll come up with some reason why they say that they have to search it. I mean, or not even ask you, just search it, and then you don't even know they're doing it. I mean, they just kind of do what they want around here, and that's how it's always been, and everybody knows it. And it's just time for that to stop. What happened to our Constitution? Where did it go? I've wondered that for a long time. Uh, where did it go? I don't see it anymore. That prosecutor, Keith Crestman, he put out a press release after they convicted Marshall for 10 years uh, saying, oh, we're not going to tolerate drug trafficking and all this. Do you know anything about, like, maybe it's an election year for somebody he knows or something? Or, or is there, like, a political reason that you know about that they might have gone through all this with giving them so much uh, time in prison? That I don't know. Yeah. I think... Sometimes they just want to finally let the public see that they're maybe trying to do their job or something, but it's always something crazy like that. Like I know there's somebody out there that's had something on a Morrison Kratom that he could have, you know, made his big announcement about or made a point with. They, they'll pick certain people and they think, oh, we did good here. You know, nobody knows about Kratom, so we'll make it a big deal. And like we really did something here by giving this man 10 years when, I mean, most people don't know about Kratom. Yeah. And they just made it sound like he was a drug trafficker. They didn't. I mean, in the headlines, it just says drug trafficker. The headline, I was like, yeah. well, the people that don't know, follow this up again or, you know, second glance at it. That Marshall Price, who's that? Oh, drug trafficker. That I, you think of some cartel or something, but he's he was just a normal person, you know, from mm-hmm. Arkansas that just tried to get over addiction. And that's what he did it with was Kratom. And they made it out like it was this horrible thing. And he was a horrible person for that. Have you and the family been in touch with media around there? Or like, are they going to tell your story? I know they did like one, maybe one news item on it. And uh, I think there's this uh, website called Northeast Arkansas Report that did a pretty good story. But yeah. they did a good story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. My stepdaughter, she was on top of it from, I mean, from the moment she found out he died, she was calling the news stations. Yeah. I'm still like, I had no idea what was going on at the wake. I was setting everything up, putting up pictures. I come through there and I'm like, she get a professional photographer. And then the kids were like, no mom, it's the, the news station. And I was like, who thought of that? And they're like, Julie did. I mean, she has been on top of it from, she's known who to call. I was just lost. I couldn't even think of words that day. And she has already gotten news stations and people and like the things going on Facebook, you know, that NEA media. And I was like, wow, I wish I'd have thought of that. I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even come up with words that day. I said, how did you stand there, Julie, and hold composure and talk to them? She said, because it needed to be done. I said, well, I'm glad you did it because you did well. And I couldn't have done that. And I, I couldn't have held it together that day. They would have got a piece of my mind for sure. Yeah. And my mom's like, you, you got to, you know, watch your tongue here. And I was like, I shouldn't have to watch my tongue here. I should be able to tell how I feel. And I mean, we're human. That happens to anybody. That's how you're going to feel. I yeah. mean. But she held it together. She she did well. And she's the one thought of everything. And I give her props. Her and Mallory. Mallory I mean, they, they were on top of it before he ever died. You know, getting hold of mm-hmm. y'all with the Kratom and telling, you know, with certain news things. And they've just, they've done really good. They done, they held it together and did really good with all of it. Well, I've just been lost since day one. <laughs> well, you talked about how the police were acting and the guards were acting at the uh, uh, demonstrations. I, I've heard that some of y'all have been like pulled over since this happened and, and harassed by police. Is that true? Yes. That weekend of his wake, that's when they were driving by Julie's house and her and my son was in the car and they were following them around. And then that same night, as we're sitting at Julie's, 
his sister is videotaping the cops outside of her house. And the, the passenger comes up and asks her if she'd ever heard of some guy. And she's like, no. And I've lived here for a while. And then his mom getting pulled over and me getting pulled over. And it's just seems like, but you know, they act like, oh, nobody knows about it. Like up here, they acted like, oh, well, nobody knew about Marshall died. And I'm like, he used to live here for 10 years. It's a small town. You're going to tell me you didn't know. I mean, yeah. And they just all act surprised, but it, that don't surprise me there though. And then just like with them, you know, the Green County police talking about, oh, a price. I don't even remember his charges, you know, like, well, <laughs> And then they're like, oh, it was Kratom. It's like another K2 thing, like, yay, drugs. Just the way they're acting, What if you really felt sympathy for a family, I don't even think that's how you'd be talking to your coworkers, thinking nobody knows that you're saying that. And we do know they're saying that. And I'm to the point where I don't care if they know it, we know they're saying that. But I've got I've got the proof. I've got the proof in my hand right here that I, I know who said it, and I know when they said it, and I know who they said it to. And they, as a cop, you would think they'd be smart enough not to do things like that because you know that you can get anybody's phone records, even if they've been deleted. And an officer of the law knows that first and foremost above anybody. And they're acting like they don't know the law to save their life right now. And that's just God giving us, just putting it in our hands, saying, here, they ain't giving you nothing, I will. And I told the kids, I said, it's be patient because God is good. And he will give it to us. I mean, he's given it to us. And and how we were always like, uh, how did this happen? <laughs> but that's that's how he works. And and I believe that's Marshall there with him. Like Marshall, Marshall is a he was hot headed sometimes, you know. And I don't think that even from where he's at, I don't think he would ever let this just be swept under the rug. Ain't no way. He just wasn't that kind of person to just other things he did so it didn't cause trouble, but in his death, like if it was the other way around, and it was me. I know he'd be making a stink out here in the world for me. And that's what I have to do for him. And the family did hire is working with lawyers, right? Yes. Went out of Jonesboro. Okay. Yes. And I've had many friends that's messaged me and it was like, that makes my heart happy. That lawyer that your family's gotten because they said he's great. They said he will go after them and he will get it done. And I didn't know anything about this lawyer from I haven't lived down there in many years. And all my friends have just sung the praises of this lawyer. So That's that great. makes me happy, too. I mean, I'm sorry this all happened. It's it's just terrible that you guys have to go through this. And then the, the fact that it's so confusing and, and you don't know why it happened is just must add to it. Thank you so much for talking with me. And um, I'm going to announce, uh, I'll announce at the beginning um, for anybody in the area that wants to show up on uh, January 21st um, to show up there. And um, yeah, we still, I still have the GoFundMe link. So I'll put that in the description of the podcast. Um, yes, that was awesome. Y'all have been great. Everybody, any part of the Kratom, I mean, it's been it's been a big help. And he he would be, I know he's smiling. I know he's smiling down because I know that's making him proud. And like I tell my kids, you got to pull a positive out of everything in life, even a negative. You got to pull a positive out of it. And I know maybe not right now, but someday we will see that all this has meaning. Everything, every second of our life has meaning, whether we know it or not, for something and we'll be able to pull a positive from this and if it's just to help one person that'd be it all right saturday january 21st 11 a.m to 5 p.m green county jail paragold arkansas 
show up and support the family of Marshall Price. They're going to have free food there for you. Uh, check out the GoFundMe link, uh, the Justice for Marshall Price. It's in the description. Music is Risey. The song is Memories of Thailand. Kratom Science Podcast is produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care.